Welcome to In the Movement Podcast, a podcast discussing all things happening in the credit union movement. Each episode will feature leaders talking history, current affairs, and how we can utilize our expertise to educate, communicate, and mobilize, all to better serve our movement. Here are your hosts, Chris Kem, Austin DeBay. Welcome to another edition of In the Movement Podcast. I am Chris Kim. And I am Austin D. Bay. And I'm Patty Hazlitt. Welcome, Patty, to the In the Movement Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Are you a little nervous? To be honest, I am. There's no need to be. Chris and I have you on today as a contributing host because this is a topic that you have been working on since the introduction of the Open Your Eyes campaign. And so we are, we are excited to have you. You'll add a lot to this conversation with Chris Lawrence, who I will say, just a little housekeeping. The confusing part is our, as you know, Chris Kim is also has that very first name. So I believe every reference we make to Chris is in reference to our guest. I try to use the term coach. I know in another life, Chris Kim is called coach. It's still not natural for me to call you coach, but I will do my best to try to make that distinction during this podcast. Yeah, Patty, welcome. We have our occasional guest hosts that are with us. And we felt Patty has been involved and invested in this since the beginning as she's really championing this effort. Today's subject is a very big passion. It falls into one of my passions for credit unions. So Patty, why don't you do a a little introduction of who Chris is and then uh, we can move on with our actual great, I thought it was a great interview with Chris Lawrence. Chris, before you do that, and I want Patty to intro the the host, but for those that don't know Patty Hazlitt, maybe we introduced yourself first, Patty, to maybe get those nerves out of the way early on. Out of the way or make them even worse. Uh, whatever. <laughs> That's the key question. The key question. I am the I'm the director of public affairs for the Mountain West Credit Union Association, and I have the pleasure of working with both Chris here and Austin on a regular basis. I, as you said, I have been involved with the Open Your Eyes to Credit Union campaign since I want to say before the beginning, uh, when it was really just an idea and a research project. So it is something that I've had the pleasure of helping along the way, and I am enthusiastic about this campaign, and I think it is something that. It really is our moment to bring out to consumers across the country and especially in our region for our region and our folks to uh, really get on board and to take part in this. And that is why we asked Chris Lawrence to come here today. And Chris is the executive director of the CU Awareness Group, which is a subsidiary of the Credit Union National Association, CUNA. Chris leads the Awareness at Campaign, a digital first marketing campaign that aims to raise awareness for consumers to joining a credit union. Thank you, Patty. I'm I'm really looking forward to the conversation. You know, of the three of us, I am probably the least informed on this topic. I'm aware of the in the movement campaign, but I'm looking forward just to hearing the conversation. I know this is something that Chris Kim is forever passionate about, even before an open your eyes campaign even existed. So to have your expertise on implementing the program here in our three states, as well as Chris's passion for a campaign such as this, I'm excited to be an observer and listener on this podcast. You know, our focus is always how we can raise consumer awareness of who credit unions are and what we do. So I'm excited for our listeners to hear what we have today. So let's get after it. Well, it is my distinct pleasure to introduce our audience to Christopher Lawrence, who is the Executive Director of CU Awareness. And I'd like to welcome you today, Chris, and thank you for joining us. It's definitely a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much. 
So Chris, we're going to get started. Uh, we have our little segments that we like to do here. And the first thing we get to do is put you completely on the spot and ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome. because I, I do know me. So that's a good thing. So as you said, I'm an executive director. I've been with CUNIS since June of 2019. I have been in financial services my entire life. So I knew I wanted to work in financial services since I was seven years old. So when my mom drove up to the tube and she put a piece of paper in and she shoved it through and it came back with cash and suckers, I knew that this was the business that I wanted to be in. So I was a teller from early, you know, my early stages of my first part-time job and have really stayed in financial services. Everything from working at a finance company, which was like my very first real financial services job doing collections basically a legal loan shark at that point, pre-payday through working with credit unions and then going through the Financial Services Association and then now to lead the Open Your Eyes to a Credit Union campaign. How did you get really on board with the CEO Awareness team and what led you to want to be in the role that you're in right now? So you're probably going to think this is weird or funny, but I know the date. It was June the 29th, 2018. The press release came out with Jim Nussel at ACUC announcing that CUNA was going to do the Open Your Eyes to a Credit Union campaign. And I remember sitting at my desk and reading that and thinking, oh my God, that's big. That is something, first of all, nobody else could do this but credit unions. No one else has the brand. No one else has the positive reputation in the marketplace that could unite together and do a branding campaign. And I just remember going to several meetings after that and just thinking to myself internally, I'd been trying to pitch that for the industry that I was in and say, you know, there's a way for us to unite. There's a way to make this work. And there really wasn't. And to see someone bold enough, an organization bold enough and and a leader bold enough to actually do it and to have the rally cry answered by credit unions, because then you begin to see the subsequent press releases and the information that says this one signed on. This is what's happening. So I knew that I was ready to make a, uh, an organizational change. And I set three parameters of things that I wasn't going to do. And I was sitting at my desk one afternoon and the job listing popped up for me for the executive director position. And I thought, oh my God, this is for that campaign. And I printed it and I shoved it in my briefcase and I got to it that weekend, sent my, you know, followed the whole process and got a phone call from the recruiter that said, we've just finished all of our interviews, but I really like what you've said. And we want, I want to try to squeeze you in. And the rest of it is history. I mean, I was like catapulted through the interview process. And it was so exciting to then literally find out in a few weeks that this thing that I was so taken aback and so excited about, I was going to be a part of it. Like I was going to be able to have my hands in it and help move it forward. So it's been an exciting opportunity since the very beginning and to actually be in it now and feel it and get the texture and talk to credit unions and leagues and just see what it's capable of doing and where we're going is just every day is an, is an energizing moment for me because I come in and I'm like, but what if we did this? And how about this? And credit unions have given through the whole pandemic have said, this is something that has been running the whole time as, as the pandemic is causing havoc around the world. This campaign was running behind the scenes, talking to consumers about credit unions, very positively about our industry. And I think that's going to pay off for us. And it's awesome to be a part of that effort. You know, Chris, this is Chris Kim, and uh, we share a great first name here. Um, (laughs) And I don't know if the name Chris, I'm glad I didn't see 
the job posting when it came out. I might have tried to compete with you on it. Joking aside, I love this campaign. Ever since I've seen it launch and talked about people that know me, I'm a passion guy when it comes to advocacy and getting our credit unions to take action. And more importantly, teaching others how to utilize our voice to get it to a bigger platform because other people are talking for us. And if we're not in that space, someone else is dominating what we look and feel like to others if we're not telling them who we are. My aunt used to work for Health and Human Services under Secretary Shalala and the Got Milk campaign way back in the 90s. She taught me very early on the difference between branding and awareness because back then I didn't know what it was. And so as I grew up in credit unions or even in my previous advocacy world, I always used to talk about how we need to raise more awareness for consumers, period. And when you talk about branding, that's Nike. It's a very specific type. You think of a check mark or whatever that brand is. And we have a ton of credit unions with their own professional branding. But this is really a Got Milk campaign, and we're trying to raise awareness. We don't care what credit union you use. Just join a damn credit. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. So I'm ecstatic. I wish we had more people driven in and toned in to see the value of the awareness side because many of us talked. It's something that's a common thing that we hear over and over as a collaborative effort on a cooperative nature. If we're following the cooperative principles, this falls into it. This is something that should fall into our tool shed of things that we should be doing to consumers and raising that awareness of why we exist. So when we created this podcast, we wanted to talk a lot about the movement side and either you're an old school and you refer to it as a movement or you're a new school and you call it industry or whatever you may see it as. I'm an old school guy from the standpoint of if you go under the collaborative and the cooperative principles, we should really be working hand in hand on all this stuff, whether it affects you or don't. So I'm a huge fan. I don't want to geek out here, but literally I'm a huge fan of this campaign because I believe it's going to bring more light to all the great things our credit unions are already doing, but they're just not tempered enough to go pat themselves on the back and say, hey, look at us. We have phenomenal people uh, working in our credit unions doing just beautiful things for our credit union community. I mean, just our communities in general. If you look at the last year with COVID, no one asked our credit unions to step up above and beyond what they've done for our communities and trying to help out our consumers, keep a roof over the head, keep transportation on the ground, keep food on the table. I don't want to miss this opportunity, though. We have open your eyes to a credit union. I think you've given us the next one, the next phase of this, which is, I think it'll look great on a t-shirt. Just join a damn credit union. Hey, I think that's perfect. As long as I'm the face saying, just join a damn credit union. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chris, the other Chris, not the one I work with. One of the things I have learned working with Patty Hazlitt in our office is that first off is that make sure you meet deadlines because she will, she will remind you. And then secondly, is if you get tasked with something, I can kind of not worry about it because she'll have it taken care of. And the credit union open your eyes campaign is one of those things that of the three of us, I probably would know the least about. I mean, I, I obviously know about the campaign. I believe they announced it at the GAC a year or so ago, or and uh, was, I participated in the program during the GAC. But if speaking to me as a new person to the program, what would be the pitch? I guess, what is your pitch to credit unions that are just learning about the program, maybe don't know enough about it? And I, I guess as a legislative guy, what is your elevator speech on the credit union awareness campaign? 
I can't do it in 30 seconds, but I'm working on that. I would just say this. We're not selling a campaign. That's marketing. What we're trying to do is fix a problem. And it's actually not just one. It's a compounded problem. So we've got stagnated market share for the last couple of decades at 7%. We've got an aging membership, depending on which study you look at. The average age of a member is between 47 and 55, past their sort of prime borrowing year. So we need a good balance of borrowers and savers. And we have these perceptions that are perpetuated in the marketplace with consumers that I may not be eligible to join a credit union. It's the best kept financial secret in our nation and around the world. I mean, it's amazing how if you look at in the United States, people, if they think, well, I I don't know whether I can join. And then the second myth that's out there is, well, I think it's just local. So if I leave my job where where I got access to the credit union or I leave the community where I got access, there isn't one uh, credit union that's going to be able to help me. And it's not elastic. If you look at a system, credit union as a system, we're the largest fee-free ATM network in the United States. We have shared branching. We have all of these amazing things that ties us together under credit union. And yet we don't really highlight those things as benefits. Well, you know, As I'm on stage and I'm talking to people and I'm bringing this campaign forward, it's we're trying to solve the problem that, yes, there are credit unions that are growing. But market share has stayed the same. So where are you getting the people from? We need to look at a bigger pie. There's a big pie out there. Let's figure out if fintechs came in in 2019 and made 36% of the personal loans in the country. They came in. They didn't ask for permission. They took business, 36%. That should have been credit union business. That should have been the bread and butter of the credit union helping people. And you have a lot of the fintechs Great, good for them. They're coming in hot with the same sort of we're community. We're together. We're going to help you. We're going to advise you financially to make sure that you get the best deal. And those are, again, all things that a credit union is mission driven to do and has the ability to deliver on. And we have to be able to overcome those problems. And what we're doing, in essence, is reaching up into the stratosphere, this, that 50,000-foot level. Those consumers, you can send them all the 1.99 car loan postcards you want. They're not interested because they don't think they can join. You're wasting your dollars. So we're capturing those folks while they're in market for a financial service. So this campaign is running 365, 724. And we're capturing them when they do a transaction online that would indicate that they may have a financial services need. So they've Googled a car, they've visited realtor.com, they've um, registered at the knot, so they're getting married, they changed their address, they've done something. And we begin doing the same thing that if you were to go to Google right now and type in Mr. Coffee, within about 10 minutes, everywhere you go on the web is going to be a service about coffee, Keurig, and anybody else. We're doing that same thing, but about the brand credit union. And we're leading them down a path to learn about the objections that they hold and to overcome those objections. You can join. There's a credit union for everybody. And here's a locator where you can actually find a credit union that you can join. So that's what our mission is, to change that consumer's consideration, that top of mind awareness about credit union. From there, we turn the tools over to the credit union. This is a partnership. This isn't just us marketing and us getting out with paid advertising in front of these consumers. Once they're woke, we want the credit unions to be like one of those air things that are sitting out in front of the used car lot, you know, with their hands waving, going like, I'm a credit union. I'm something that you can join. My door is open. Come on in. You know, we're very interested in your business. 
And let me show you how. But before I get off this diatribe, I want to say, I would challenge every credit union to look at your website. How many clicks does it take to find out how to join? Where is the join now button? And if everything on your website is focused on your interest rates, those are the only people that you're going to get their attention is about interest rate. You are far deeper and far better than an interest rate. You have a lot more to give people. And millennials and Gen Z are wide open for local help people helping people. Your mission actually resonates with people. So this is a campaign to connect those people that are interested in credit unions with credit unions who are interested in those people. See, I you know, didn't do it in 30 seconds. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I was going to say is the brand of credit unions, the benefits of credit unions, I agree. I would think it matches very well with a millennial and, and Gen Z. When you hear these studies of what draws them as consumers, what I know about the credit unions, it's just a natural fit. But what it sounds like as I'm hearing from you is even if a Gen Z or millennial thought of credit unions as that way, which we don't even know if they're aware that credit unions are local or the hurdles that they might have in their head about a credit union outweighs even the benefits that they might get from a credit union personally. So even if, for example, like if a Gen Zer said, you know, I love credit unions because they're... And, and they realize, oh yeah, I love credit unions because they're, they're local. They have a mission. You know, I, I love what they're doing to support the communities. I love what they're doing to help financial well-being of individuals. But at the same time, it's just too much to think about how I can join. So you're not only just missing out on people that don't know the benefits of a credit unions, you're missing out on the people that know the benefits of the credit union, but just find it so hard to comprehend the fact that they can join a credit union and the ease of it. And that's what I get from your, what you were just talking about. Yeah. You can join a gym. You can join Costco. But the idea of joining where I put my money just doesn't come natural. And that's going to take a little extra effort. And if market share has been the same for the last couple of decades at 7%, it's kind of obvious that what we're doing, the direct response marketing that we're doing, isn't moving that needle. So you got to try something different. You've got to be able to reach into the audience that is not reaching back and bring them in. It's an educational opportunity. So it's educate them first, teach them that they can join a credit union, and then work your magic as a credit union to bring them in as a member. Maybe you don't even know this, Chris, but on the front end of the campaign, you know, and it's been several years in the making, the team that was dispatched to really go out across the country and figure out what problem we were trying to solve in this did a ton of research. And I think sometimes that's missed as far as we are in the campaign. But I want to make sure that we pay homage to the amount of work on the front end that was actually done to make sure that we got the right message to the right people. And I was privileged. I was invited to be part of the initial research. We did research at Phoenix. And then about a year later, we did some testing in Denver. So in our region, our consumers were front and center in the process. And I just think that there's definitely something to be said about the amount of data and research that is really behind the meat of the campaign. Thank you for saying that. It's, you're exactly right. And ongoing. So one of the things that I'm able to say at this podcast is, is that in 21, we will move from our annual measurement of consumer consideration to a biannual, which will also have some brand health indices. So we want to continue to keep... I mean, the pandemic has changed things forever. And we can't rely on that initial research. We've got to see now where are consumers now? Do they still hold those same myths? What does the campaign need to do? So this is an ever-changing and ever-testing campaign because our industry is ever-changing and we need to be part of that. And so the campaign can't be stagnant. 
what is some of the direct feedback you may get when it comes to a marketing versus awareness piece when you're talking with credit unions? That's a great question. You know, I was a chief marketing officer for more than 10 years and I respect the brand. You work really hard to get the brand. And we tell marketers every day, you do that. That's your promise to your member of who you are and what you're going to deliver. That's authentic. That's authenticity. What we're trying to deliver is that same thing for credit union. So my biggest fear as a marketer is... Okay, great. I'm telling consumers to open their eyes to credit unions. I hope they see something that's really awesome. I know what I see when I see awesome. I mean, I can't tell you how many meetings I've sat in where credit unions are just saying things like, well, when we built our new building, we put our cafeteria downstairs so that the school-aged children walking by to the school could stop and have a breakfast. And I'm like, who thinks like that? A credit union thinks like that. Those are the amazing stories that have to be told and they have to get out to say, this is the credit union difference. So as we're talking about awareness and consumer consideration, we want credit unions to be able to look at this and say, great, how do I align what I do and what my goals are for new membership with what Open Your Eyes is doing from a brand awareness perspective? So these two things actually can work together. So For example, the campaign asset, marketing assets are all customizable. We have videos and we have social media assets and we have posters. You can wrap a bus, a billboard, a baseball stadium, whatever you want to do. Those are all customizable with the credit union's logo, their own URL. We have nine taglines that you can choose from to keep it within the brand of the campaign. You can change the photos. We have models. We have credit union photos. And then if you don't like any of those, we actually have the ability for you to upload your own members. So if you you have members that you want to highlight or big people in the community that are very well known to attach them or connect them to your credit union, that's all possible so that you don't end up getting off brand. We should be able to ride along with you to open your eyes to a credit union. I'm the credit union that you should be opening your eyes to. So we get asked from marketers as well. Well, if I'm a credit union that's going to be a contributor to the campaign and I want to use these assets, how do I stop another credit union down the street from doing the same thing? And it's like, well, there's lots of assets. So I'm sure you could pick up the phone and say, here are the five I'm going to use in the market so that they know not to use the same facts. There's so many different taglines and images and things that can be done to coordinate the you know universal cooperative principle. Number six, cooperatives cooperating. So do it. Yeah. I was just going to say, at the end of the day, just collaborate and cooperate. I guess it's a sore spot for me. We have a bunch of great CEOs, but we have a CEO that talks about all the time. Talks we, you know, Austin and I, we work with our government affairs team and we're working on a piece of legislation and we get to the committees. We have one CEO very specifically always says, hey, you know what, Chris, Austin, Tim, this is not going to affect our credit union because we don't need that tool. But if it's going to help XYZ credit union and this credit union over here, we're in. What do you need from us? Our staff will be there. We'll do the call to actions. We'll raise the money. We're in. And that's the mindset you almost need for the awareness campaign. I guess I'm curious to know how many credit unions have come to you, Chris, and said, you know what, Chris, we don't need any members, but we're going to buy in because we want to help our brothers and sisters in the credit union movement grow. We want to help them increase their market share. Have you had any of those? Yes. 
I will say that they aren't as many as we would like. I think there are probably a lot more that are out there. I think when you're a larger credit union or the largest in your state, you're very well known and you can see yourself as being both competitor and cooperator amongst the others. And I think that it's a tightrope to walk and you want to do the right thing. I think most people, I've not met any CEOs in the credit union world that don't have their heart firmly parked in like, I need to do what's best for my members and I need to do what's best for my credit union and my people and those kinds of things. So I think there is that bigger opportunity. When I first came on board, there was a handful of credit unions that said, we're going to contribute. And then we're going to take any credit union that's under hundred million. We're going to pay for their contribution as well. So they can be a part of the campaign. Wow, we have, that's we had incredible. a couple of leagues that did the exact same thing that said, we're going to make sure that the smaller credit unions are not left out of this. I mean, again, that doesn't happen everywhere. That happens in the credit union world. It warms your heart because you're like, wow, this is people helping people on a much bigger scale. Chris, I have a question. You know, We've talked a little bit about environments since the pandemic. And I even personally have noticed my habits have changed tremendously about how I consume a lot of media, where I get my advertisements. And it's completely shifted from... I was always a streamer, but I mean, even more so, I think I could probably have got by most of the pandemic of just backlogged of YouTube videos and things like that. And so I'm wondering, you know, the Open Your Eyes campaign has an online presence and built around that. I'm wondering, has the pandemic been a... I hate to say the pandemic's been a good thing, but in the sense of reaching people and targeting, has there been a benefit, I guess, to the online presence of the Open Your Eyes campaign due to people changing their viewing habits during the pandemic? I would like to attribute this stat to that question. So we've had 6 million people visit yourmoneyfurther.com since January 2019 when we launched. So we launched with one state, Minnesota, in January 2019. We ended 2019 with 14 states launched. Most of those came in in the fall of 2019. And then we added another 10 states in 2020. So this has been sort of a building thing. So that's 6 million visits to Your Money Further. It took us from January of 2019 to the end of June 2020 to get the first 2 million visits. From July 1st to the end of February, we got the next 4 million visits. So that is people at home. Our ads are being served 24-7. So when you lay in your bed at night with your phone open and you're checking CNN or you're looking at ESPN and you're part of our persona market that we're, you know, that's in market, you're getting served an ad through the Google Display Network that's created just for you. So if you are a, a Gen Z, if you are a one of our personas is an educated young female or a thrifty young parent, you're getting an ad that's served about credit unions specifically for you. And people are clicking on them, obviously, because they're visiting your money further. So that 4 million and growing. I mean, it's amazing. This is very much the more fuel that we apply. So more media budget that we apply, the more visits that we get. So the campaign works because it's very, very laser focused on who we're trying to get in touch with and serve this message. So that has been the impact of the pandemic. Again, horrible, horrible thing worldwide. But if you are a digital consumer... We were serving you credit union information the entire time. What's the most frequent questions you get asked about the campaign coming from a credit union side? What's the ROI? 
in my mind, it is what it allows me to answer that both from a marketer's perspective, because I know that it's typically a marketer who is asking the question because it's going to be their budget that's tapped. And they're going to be the one that is going to, in their minds, I don't get a direct attribution back that says, well, if I send out postcards or I put up a billboard or I buy radio ads, I have some idea where I can stand back and say this many people looked at it, but I'm sending this money off to do work and I may not be able to see the immediate benefit. And so we typically talk through that ROI. We can show you ways to tie the campaign and all of its assets to a goal that you might have at your own credit union. So here's how to use the customizable assets as part of a member growth goal or a loan goal or something else that you're looking for. But this is an industry ROI. This will pay off in years. It's not going to pay off in months. I think we're programmed anymore to be instant gratification. So this is not going to be that. Got Milk ran for 20 years. It moved the needle 12%, from 12% to 24%. took 20 years. And all of those celebrities, and I'm sure millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in placement, but we're still talking about it, right? It may not necessarily have delivered what the expectation was, but we're, it's a textbook study that says it raised that brand awareness around milk and where to get it. It had nothing to do with the individual dairy, It was about drinking milk and it was up to the individuals, the grocery stores and the dairies to elevate and say, here's where you get the milk. Well, credit unions, here's where you get the credit union. Like I'm that credit union that you can join. I think the other question that we get asked is more about locality. Like what if somebody else is using it in my market and coordinating that? Just join a damn credit union, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting a t-shirt. I'm telling you now. I'm going to keep coming back to that. What is the most underutilized feature in the campaign that you wish people would use more? I think it's a cross between the... We have what's called audience share. So if a credit union has a Google Ads account or has an agency that has a Google Ads account, we actually will share our Google Ads account. So that 6 million people that visited Your Money Further will actually open the door and allow the individual credit union to market with their own marketing, not open your eyes marketing, but their own marketing to reach into that group of people and segment them out using their own filters to then market their credit union to them. We've pulled these people out of the stratosphere and now they've gone through our process to be now educated and interested in the credit union. They're primed to now speak directly to a credit union that wants to market to them. So that's one. And I think probably the customizable assets I think when the campaign first came out, there was a bunch of restrictions around how the assets could be used. And we have since alleviated almost all of it so that credit unions can flex and use, put their own logo, their own URL. You know, there are a few things you can't do. Like, for example, we wouldn't want a credit union to use the Open Your Eyes campaign in a paid digital because we campaign, because we don't want to compete with you. It just drives our costs up if you're trying to get to the same audience that we are and vice versa. So yeah, I think those are the two sort of biggest, we wish more credit unions would use them. Chris, I, you know, I'm thinking, I like to think of marketing, like how I am as a consumer and obviously I am not every consumer. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but I personally feel when I see campaigns or ads generated by an industry or a cause versus a solo business, I personally feel there's a little bit more credibility to it. Because you've given me now the space to, oh, you've told me about what the credit is. You're not trying to sell me on a specific credit union. Now, if I want to do some research and figure out what the best credit union for me is now that I know through this campaign, is that a correct assumption that there is something to be said about 
an industry running a campaign that adds credibility in some areas that just an individual credit union could not provide in their own advertisement. In fact, not to say that credit union should advertise, I'm saying that both should be able to complement each other in different ways. I think you said that brilliantly. I mean, it's we're talking about credit union, the brand. We're not talking product or service. We're talking about the differences of credit unions in the marketplace. It's the credit union and their local brand and their, you know, and who they're reaching out to that is talking about interest rates and what they do in their communities. This is how they, these two campaigns work or two efforts work well together because it's sort of a handoff. We've talked about credit unions. The credit union is saying, and I'm a credit union, here's my differentiator. So if you think about a brand that does this uh, in the marketplace, Visa and MasterCard, they market Visa and MasterCard and the panache and the amazing things that you can do with the brand Visa and MasterCard. They don't talk about issuers. It's the issuer's job to raise their hand and say, I issue Visa debit cards or Visa credit cards. And here are the benefits that I add on top of that amazing stuff that Visa and MasterCard is advertising. I add to that with my own benefits. So it's a great synergy between the two campaigns to then make the consumer more aware of that individual offering and allows them to choose the one that fits them best. Yeah, I did want to overlook the comment you made about the customizable assets because my job is the boots on the ground person for the league and talking to the credit unions from the time we really launched this to today. And that initially was one of the hiccups. And I just want to give kudos to you and your team for recognizing that and addressing that in a way that I still think is a true benefit, but also, again, doesn't increase competition among the participating credit unions. I think that is a stellar benefit to any credit union that's participating in the campaign. And I think that sort of segues into my question is, I would like to talk about, you know, where are we today and how many states do we have and what do we have on the horizon for us? Because I think there's some pretty exciting things on the, on the horizon with us. Yeah. So we're launched in 25 states. We did launch in Montana in February. They were our first state in 21. We're going to launch on April the 26th in Wyoming, which is really exciting. They'll be number two. We are actively looking to launch in Colorado, New York, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Western Massachusetts. So we're working with credit unions in those states to get to the media budgets, the fundraising that we need to be able to launch in those states. So the goal here is to get the brand the more of the brand of Open Your Eyes to a credit union that's out there, the more consumers are going to see it and hear it. These people come in and out of market all the time. So Chris talked about that, you know, in seven, seven days worth of following and seven days worth, you know, we're doing that now, but staying top of mind. So as a consumer drops out of that in-market status and perhaps takes action, they may come up again in eight or nine months. And we want to make sure that we're there and we're continuing to stay in front of them. Again, to sort of loop back to the creative, it also is creative that is being constantly adjusted and updated. So adding more diversity, adding various scenarios of people doing Instagram and people who are social influencers and all of those things so that credit unions can stay and have current marketing that's speaking to Gen Z, Gen X, Gen Y. Speaking of that marketing to Gen X, Gen Y, and just a general marketing question in general, Chris, while we have you, I was just curious, you know, one of the things that when I'm thinking as a consumer is the disruptors in different industries. And I think maybe fintech would be what we would consider potential disruptors in financial services. And then we also have the local aspect. And I'm just curious, do those two things compete with each other? When I think of a local business, I don't necessarily think of a disruptor. But at the same time, I would personally like to support as many local businesses as I can. 
but I also enjoy the disruptor aspect of things. I mean, I just went and purchased a new pair of glasses and I could have gone to a local eye place, but I went to one that mails you five glasses and you try them on. And it just felt like a fresh idea. And I wanted to participate in that as a consumer, but that's not a local business. So I'm kind of in conflict with myself of what, as a consumer, what I want. And so I guess this isn't necessarily about the Open Your Eyes campaign in general and the messaging. I'm just curious as a marketer, how do you balance those two things? How do creating the C is fresh and hip to the millennial Gen X crowd? while at the same time being that local financial institutions that's kind of the center of strength and stability that you come to expect from a local financial institution? That's an awesome question. And I think people hear disruptor and they immediately think digital. Like it has to be somebody that's, that can send me five pairs of glasses. Well, what's to stop a local optometrist or a store that they give you the same five glasses that you can take home? Or I was on a call yesterday and I was poking to try to find out about credit unions and how they've moved as a result of the pandemic, how they've changed their policies. You know, I was like, Genie's not going back in the bottle. People are not going back to a branch. You may think they are, but now they're really digital services. And I said, so somebody was complaining that they had to physically go in and sign for a mortgage. Somebody else said, well, I had to go there and pick up a cashier's check. And I said, let me ask something. Would you have paid Uber $30 to go by the credit union and drive that check to your house? And they were like, yes. And I'm like, so there's a differentiator. Why doesn't Uber hook up with a credit union to say, we'll deliver your documents to your house. You can sign them. They'll take them back. That's the disrupting mindset that I think credit unions can do. It doesn't require a fintech to do it. It is changing the way that you think about doing business in a way that, I mean, we're convenience people now. We're willing to pay more. I mean, look at Uber Eats and all the other things. My nephew will order from Wendy's an $8 lunch and pay $12 to get it. And it's like, there's nothing in that mindset that says that that's messed up. So we're in a space now where credit unions can be there and do that. And I challenge, I think it'd be great. Let's see what happens. When you said eight and 12, I just relived the whole last year with my kids. And <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> people were like, you should be saving money, right? I said, no, I spent more money. And it's for that exact purpose that you just said. And you almost feel a little lazy because you don't want to go out and pick up that food, knowing that you could drive and go get it and save the money. But it depends on what paycheck it is, I guess, for most people. Where are we at with the campaign today? How many states are fully on board? And where do you see the future of the campaign going? So we have 25 states. I think the future of the campaign is, and, and we do get asked this, is like, okay, so what's next? What's coming after Open Your Eyes? Well, keep in mind, our barometer is consumer engagement. And the consumers are still engaging very strongly, even in the states which have run the longest. So Minnesota, the Carolinas, et cetera. Consumers are still engaging. So again, I've been a marketer for a really long time. At the point where you're ready to just throw it out the door because you've seen it so often, you're like, please, let's just do something different. Is just about the time when consumers are starting to engage with it. And so we're at that point now where I think people are like, okay, well, what's next? Well, we're going to keep doing this because consumers, which is our audience, are continuing to engage and we're still launching the campaign and they're still engaging in droves. So we don't want to mess that up by changing to something else because it just seems, you know, we've done it for two and a half years and isn't that enough? No, we have to keep doing it because it makes sense. So I imagine probably if I was to sort of look forward in say three to five years, 
The data that we are gathering as a result of this campaign, so all this digital fingerprints of consumers coming through this campaign is incredibly valuable to credit unions. And I would love to see our CEO awareness turn around and become the digital marketer for the credit union industry. So we actually create a much bigger funnel that says, this will be running all the time, educating consumers, but let's build out the rest of the funnel so that consumer journey is digital and can go right from the, I got the ad that was displayed to me on CNN. And now I'm going to go right in, click, join that credit union, apply for the loan and do everything from the comfort of my living room or at 11 o'clock at night when I think I need a $5,000 loan because tomorrow I want to go and buy a brand new zero turn lawnmower because I saw the ad on Facebook. So, I mean, these are the things that I think would be great for us to be able to do. I would also love to be able to turn this information over to credit unions in a form that they can use. So if credit unions are saying, this is my audience, well, these are the people you're looking for, but let me show you the people that are looking for you so that their marketing lens becomes a lot clearer and a lot wider. You know, I was going to circle back on that earlier when you talked about the Google ad part. Is it technology that's challenging some of those folks to jump in and using your data? Or is it a fear of crossing that data to go out to that new world of or that potential of 6 million people? Is there a bridge there? And then I segue into the other part you just talked about, which is, and we can come back to this. I think it's a great idea for a future platform that this is always going to be your digital presence because one, that's not going away. It's like computers. If you're a kid coming out of school, you should probably get in some kind of IT work because that's going to be our future no matter what. But I love having that digital presence long-term. But can you talk real quick on the Google ad piece and, and the credit unions working back and forth? Yeah, I think that, again, you have to be able to package it because we have credit unions of all sizes and shapes and, and speeds in marketing. You know, you have some that very direct response oriented uh, because it's working for them and others. You know, we do have credit unions that are very much into the digital space and doing a great job of, you know, harnessing the power of Google and Facebook and Instagram and other things. But when you stand back and think about the data that we're touching and being able to turn that, we're going to have to teach how to fish instead of just handing this whole group of these are hot potential members because we're responsible as an industry if we've created open your eyes to a credit union we're responsible for the brand that we are now creating as a result of that which is what are they going to see on the other side so this whole thing has to move forward together so that consumers are opening their eyes credit unions eyes are open to consumers it's a digital experience People who come through a digital journey to join, educate, belong, whatever the case may be, want to finish it that way. They don't want to go to a place where they then have to download a PDF, fill it out and drop it off. They need an experience. And it's going to take some time to have consistency within our industry that that can happen. My worst fear is that credit unions of every size and shape are not going to benefit from this. Like, I want to make sure everybody gets something out of this. So if you are a credit union that is perfectly happy being 250 million, and that's your sweet spot and you're serving your members, you don't have any desire to get bigger and you don't have any desire to... We want to make sure that we've got something for you. If you're a grower and you want to move into that space, we want to make sure we have something for you as well. So the campaign needs to be able to be multifaceted and technology and data is part of that. And I think you can break it into bite-sized chunks that everybody can then use. 
Yeah, that's a good point because some still have their segs and they just want to deal with their segments and some are now community chartered and they really have to find a way to survive. Mm -hmm. It's been an amazing, I think, Personally, I could probably go for another hour on this. I'm sure it would bore the heck out of people who really want to listen to this stuff. But I certainly want to say thank you for taking some time with us today. But before we go, we always close each podcast with something unique to you. So tell us something fun or unusual about you that people just don't know. So I live in a historic house that I bought eight years ago. It was built in 1807. I live in Maryland. And if you've ever seen the movie, The Money Pit, or read the book, Give a Mouse a Cookie, I'm living that experience. This house is on the National Historic Register, and it's on the state registry as well. We're the first people to buy the house. The family has been inherited to everybody along the line from 1807, the same family all the way down. And so when we bought the house, it's farm. It was in pretty bad shape. And so we've spent the majority of the time bringing it up to date and things. So I live really close to DC, but actually have six goats, two dogs, hives of bees, and 16 chickens. And everybody has a name, so they're not food. So you, <laughs> we make sure that everybody's treated very well here. They don't have to worry about becoming the next meal. That's I don't awesome. know what the uh, the rules are in Maryland, but uh, I do know that for some, if you had to make some renovations to a historic home, I'm sure there is a lot of bureaucratic things you need to hurdles you need to go through to make changes to update the home. But that is that's pretty cool. You're not only just living in a house from the 1800s; you're living like the 1800s with the animals and that close to DC. So <laughs> that's a I think that might be one of our better uh, facts that we got out of this question, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean. Especially when you reflect that you're close to DC because you just don't see that. You just don't see it. It's true. Yeah. 17 miles outside the city on 360 acres. So it's very weird, but it's awesome. Sounds like you got a heck of a deal. Again, thank you for taking time. I hope this helps uh, our listeners and future credit unions from jumping in on the campaign as far as some of the value that we obviously see. I see the value from a passionate side, not not because it's my job, but because I really believe in what we're doing with our credit unions. And this defines our movement. This is our credit union movement. This is something that really brings us together and doing the right thing. So Chris, I appreciate everything you're doing. I know Patty talks highly about you and the campaign and I just want to know, we appreciate your efforts. Thank you very much. I appreciate Patty and you, Chris and Austin for the opportunity and to Mountain West for being so supportive. Rachel Solomon's our VP of Awareness Development. She's located in Denver. So she's close by. I'm sure she has communicated with many credit unions about the campaign. So thank you very much for your support and this opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, what a crew we just had. Shout out to Christopher Lawrence. Thanks for coming on board and talking with us today. I'm hoping that many who are not aware of the Open Your Eyes campaign or are aware got more awareness of what it's about. It is a real effort of our credit unions coming together and cooperating on a collaborative nature across the country. The more awareness we raise with consumers, I think we'll just keep notching at that next percentage of membership so that we can continue to serve our communities and give back uh, to so many who give to us. So as always, thanks to our wonderful staff that works so hard. My co-host, Austin DeBay, Patty Hazlitt, who jumped on as a guest host today. 
She does a lot of things behind the scene, not only with the podcast, but almost in every facet of the association and, and what we do to serve our members. So until next time. Well, that's all for today's episode of In the Movement Podcast. Thanks for listening, and thank you for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to your favorite podcast listing app so you never miss an episode, or visit us on Twitter at MWCUA. 